Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to season six of Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, I got my regular co-host, Mr. Matthew Aguilar, Janelle Wheeler, and Connor Casey are all with me. What's up, guys? How are you guys doing in the frozen tundra? Great. Surviving. <laughs> Cozy. Video games, TV, movies, all puppies. Things, man. It's great. Oh man, I'm not. I forgot to put my earphones. This is going great. Oh, all right. Uh, we got to get started. I got to put in my earphones here in a second. But uh, we are going to be doing a lot today. We are going to be talking about the official premiere. I don't want to get this wrong. I don't want to. I've been warned against these fans, but uh, the official premiere of Amazon Prime Videos has been Hotel. We got to talk about the end of Reacher season two. Plus, we all got some stuff we may want to talk about. I'm bringing back an old segment for my longtime fans. This will be exciting. And we are going to get into some anime today because Dragon Ball Universe has put up something that we can all argue about. And so we are going to argue a bit, and that's going to be fun. Plus, we are the show that does it all for geek culture, guys. So as we've been telling you in season six, we've become an official, actual comic book nation. So we have a whole slew of programs for you every week. So in addition to our live show, our hub show every Friday, we have Matthew Aguilar stepping out with the poll list every Wednesday, where he goes through the biggest comics, oh, uh, the biggest comics of the week and the biggest comic book storylines. And we get geeky on all of those. It is great fun. We've been loving it. Join us there. It grew out of this show and it's uh, it's a good time. Liam is still killing it with Riptide Radio, his Percy Jackson after show that we're finding out. Man, this kid has had his like finger on the pulse. I think he has a line to the gods because that show is now officially bigger on Disney Plus than Marvel shows this year, which we could have made a whole topic. That would have been – but congratulations to Liam. And, uh, <laughs> he's taking a nice victory lap with that. So uh, keep on rocking with that and check out Riptide Radio, all you Percy Jackson fans. We had our gaming team hop on this week and react to the new Indiana Jones and the Great Circle game reveal – so if you're wondering why we're not jumping on that, it's because we did a whole bonus episode where the gaming team kind of went into that and uh, we got into some of the initial thoughts about Indiana Jones, the video game, how they're presenting it, who's playing indie, all of that. So subscribe to the Comic Book Nation podcast feed, subscribe to the Comic Book Nation YouTube page because it's all going down. So 
All right, back up top, guys. We have some fun stuff to do today. Uh, we haven't had, we haven't done much news lately, but I felt like this was a good week where we could get back into some news with a Z. So, Janelle, you are our first news pundit. Tell us, tell us what's going on in the geek sphere out there. Yeah, we have a nice little interview up on uh, our YouTube with a interview with my man, Vincent D'Onofrio. And in this, you hear him talking about the Daredevil series that is coming out that we have been so anxiously awaiting to hear more about. Um, it's called Born Again. And he did reveal that they are not quite sure how many episodes they're going to be filming. Originally, when this was announced, they said, okay, it's going to be 18 episodes, which was to me very exciting i was really looking forward to having a more in-depth series on disney plus um because they tend to be quite short for my taste honestly um and now he's just kind of going i, I don't know i really don't know how many episodes we're going to be doing it keeps fluctuating keeps changing um you know they obviously have changed a lot of players within this this formula and um it's kind of i don't know how i feel about this i feel like it's actually a little um disheartening for me because i i kind of want to hear that they just have it all figured out and it's going according to plan and it's going great and this isn't what i'm gathering from this his quote was the amount of episodes keeps fluctuating so i really don't know the number that we're at right now but it seems like there are a few shows that could work with more episodes then some just need eight or or ten or six echo is like five it just sounds really like muddled to me so what do you guys think about this are you are you kind of like does this throw you off does this make you worry for the series um I think it's going to be 2025 before any of us hear anything from Marvel Studios that sounds like confidence. So looking forward to 2025. I think 2024 is going to be the last of the uh, Chapek mop up where we got to clean up all and get the boat turned around from everything we started. Um, I don't think I was just talking about this on my more scandalous podcast, Podcast X, about uh what Bob Ch Bob Iger's reaction to learning about Agatha Darkhold Diaries probably was. He probably isn't too thrilled. Like, ooh, that's the thing to put the franchise on, Agatha Darkhold Diaries. So I think we're going to get – and shout out to the Agatha fan base. I'm not trying to have you come for me. I, I love Catherine Hahn and all that, but I don't think that's going to – unless they've done something really clever with that, like I don't know if that's going to be the thing that makes everybody go, you know what? We back, baby. The franchise MCU, we back. So I think 2024 is going to be the last of the clean out. And Daredevil Born Again is un unfortunately a very important middle child that got kind of stretched in this little divorce and like is just like, you know, going back to live with dad, Bobby Iger now. And it's just like we got to retool this show because I still think if Echo Echo is something that looks like it was nearly split apart by all this. And so I can't imagine where Born Again is. So we got some promising updates. I mean, right after we did a show last Friday, we heard that the entire the entire squad's back. We might be getting uh, Foggy and uh, Karen, the original Netflix yes. Daredevil squad, back. So very excited it about looks that. Like somebody, the adults are back in the room, and they were just like, "Guys, we have a Daredevil. The Daredevil was working. People seem to be loving the Daredevil even more now. We don't have to make this exact thing, but." why reinvent the wheel that we already have working like let's just do what everybody knows from the beginning should have been done since this hashtag started and 
let's just bring back some of the original Daredevil elements, you know? Yeah, with, with every story that comes out about this show, I am in the camp of as long as it's good, I don't care. As long as it doesn't have the stink of the Bob Chapek era on it, I don't care if it's 12 episodes, 16, 18, 10, don't give a hoot. As long as it's good, doesn't matter. Keep tinkering with it until it's good. Yeah, I mean, it's Daredevil. Like, we need the street-level stuff to get worked out. And, uh, yeah, they need to get this right. So I'm, I'm excited for the arc. I'm excited for the kind of the Mayor Fisk of it all. I think, I think that's an easy thing to make in the vein of a Netflix show. And even to kind of continue on from where we left off with that, because Kingpin trying to get a public image started was like a major part of that show. And it was a wonderful part of it, frankly. Um, so, yeah, I think we could just put this in the MCU, keep a lot of the same feel and elements. And I think the Daredevil Netflix got it right for that street level hero. It was when it got comic booky that it got kind of wonky, but that's why Kevin Feige's there to make that all fit and make sense now. So I think this is... This is one where it's just easy. Just do the thing we all knew you should do from the get-go and or do the thing we all said, you know, we wanted to see back in the Netflix days. Bring Spider-Man in. Just do it. Just do it. All right. So we're going to get in circles here. So let's uh, let's move on. Our other big news of the thing that I thought we should highlight. Um, there's been a lot of Game of Thrones talk because uh, Benny Off and Weiss have been out. They've got their new Netflix series, Three Body Problem, coming. So... They are trying to sell that show, but of course, <laughs> everybody has questions about Game of Thrones, which, you know, I went down a rabbit hole. I wrote a thing because they said their one big regret from that show, their one big regret was not doing more with Mord the Jailer uh, and giving him a complete story. If you don't remember who Mord the Jailer is, it's the guy who beat Tyrion at the Eyrie in the Sky Cells, and he was, and Tyrion paid him off to get out of there and save his life. That's how he met Braun and all that. But uh, yeah. They should have done an epilogue because more they were going to do one where he was like a tavern owner because he got paid. He got out of the area, man. He started a new life. Now I'm always wondering what happened to him. But in all seriousness, it has been confirmed by HBO's uh, head of programming, Casey Bloys, that we are going to get production started on the next Game of Thrones spinoff, which is the Hedge Knight. Uh, yeah. So we're going to get the Hedge Knight Game of Thrones series. That's going to start. It's still on track to go into production this year. If you don't remember like what that one is about, it's okay. It's, you know, it's about a time long ago in this like legend of the hedge knight that came out and he had a kind of a squire. I forget exactly what it was. Oh, comic book stop trying to advertise to me right now. It's, it's the Duncan egg story. It's yeah. The Duncan egg story. Yeah. So the, the, the bright side of this one that wasn't hanging over the original series is that this is done. This is completed. It's why I'm confident in the future direction of house of the dragon. And it's why I'm hyped for this one. Because when you ask like, what other stories could they tell? Duncan egg was always brought up. What, even when game of Thrones was happening to the point where we thought we would get a show out of it. So the fact that they're moving ahead with, I think Cove said it's a movie. Sure. Why not? What oh, is no, a, a dunk and an egg though? Like series. what? Like what is yeah, that? Yeah, it's, it's the next spinoff series. A uh, Duncan egg was Duncan was a uh, was a knight. Sir Duncan was a knight. He was a famous oh okay. Knight. And egg was his squire, but egg was actually Aegon Targaryen five. So yeah, whoa, he was one of the and So whoa, the crazy yeah. one, the one before him. Yeah, yeah I'm the one interested. The crazy one for the that, king, and that's but really cool. It shaped him as a king. You know, having this time squiring for this famous knight, wow. and it really kind of shaped and ushered in, and would usher in this new era 
of the seven kingdoms. And so their story was kind of collected into these tall tales of Sir Duncan and, and his squire. And because he went undercover as egg, it was Duncan egg became the legend. But um, yeah, there was yeah. collected into a thing of a night of the seven kingdoms, which was like a whole thing. But uh, yeah, it's, it's another interesting way where game of Thrones has these legends, right? who where we have these established lore from the show but when we go back and we start to look at it it, it's can be very different or or not quite what we thought which is you know by now one of the main hooks of the series because that was the whole thing about game of thrones and Jon snow and and him being a a, a gon targaryen and all that so this could be another fun way where we see like how a Targaryen and, and or how a Targaryen Targaryen was transformed by being with this knight and learning kind of like the common people and all that stuff. So I'm kind of like weirdly interested. I think it's one that's kind of undercover for people. Like you hear it and you're like, I mean, you're like Janelle's reaction. What's a dunk? What's an egg? Why the hell do I care? <laughs> then you hear like who egg is and all that. And you're like, oh, nice. You're like, all right, all right um so yeah it's kind of something i'm looking forward to how about you guys yeah sounds really interesting you kind of just sold me obviously like i'm very biased i'm i love the targaryen side of things so anytime we have any connection to that i'm loving it but um you know honestly i just I'm not ready to let go of Game of Thrones in general. So the more content they give us, and as long as it's, you know, rewarding and good, and like Connor said, with as long as it's good, like, I'm, I'm happy. Um, I was really scared of House of Dragon, and they really proved themselves with that. I am just, I, I love it. So yeah, I have, I have a good feeling about this. And if you want some more connective threads, he was called Egg by Master Amon. You know, from the Night's Watch, the old guy at the Night's Watch, oh. the John Stone. Uh, he gave him the name Egg. So, and he turned out to be kind of one of the more kindly Targaryens. So, this is, could be an interesting story. So, or he could turn out to be a total psycho and <laughs> just the legends were wrong. And, you know, we'll see. But uh, yeah, Game of Thrones is still going strong. So, that's it for our news segment. Uh, I had an ad break in here, but it seems a little early. So let's just keep rolling, huh? All right, guys, let's get into our main topic. I tweeted, um, I wasn't sure this morning. I, I have been inside all week and there is a kind of a shining thing going on here. So I didn't know if I was on some weird shining or, you know, as an induced hallucination or did I press play on Amazon's new series, Has Been Hotel? <laughs> Jury's still out. I've watched four of these things, and I'm no closer to figuring out the answer. Um, shout out to everybody from the Has Been Hotel fan base who's tuning in to see with daggers, possibly to see what we say. I'm coming into this with little to no knowledge of this franchise. Connor Casey, this was on his most anticipated of the year. Can I, can I just first. say... When you slacked me earlier this week and said, we are definitely talking about has been hotel on Friday. I went, okay, this either means he really enjoyed it or I'm being <laughs> called to the principal's office to be asked, what the hell did you make us watch? Oh, I hadn't even seen it yet. I just went online and I saw people like, I was just, you know, I do some research for this show and I just was like, okay, well, how relevant is this? Should I even be doing this? And yeah, there's a passionate fan base for this out there. People are ready for this show. So shout out to all the has been hotelers out there. I don't know if you guys have an official fan base. I do not know. I'm coming into this cold. So I am just coming into like what I've seen. Um, 
it this was a i mean i don't even know i can't say if i like it or not it's just so wild like i'm still processing like what this show is because i'm not a prude like i I love harley quinn and dc's harley quinn and adult animation but this is like powerpuff girls and harley quinn had a baby and it was just down in hell and then it became a musical and that's what we got so this is like one what a description of the, i mean that's the best i can do in the moment like exactly it is so wildly out there but weirdly like engrossing too like by the fourth episode i'm familiar with these characters and like the world of hell and like i'm kind of interested in the world of hell that it imagines and like all the humor that it mines from it and so it's kind of like disgusting it's weirdly fun and funny um and again like harley quinn i think it has this voice cast actors who are just so committed keith david says stuff in this that i can't believe i hear from like keith david's mouth i'm like looking down doing work and i just hear keith david's voice say something i'm like what i haven't felt like this since requiem for a dream this is nuts like (laughs) and if you know you know with that reference um yeah like yeah so this is wild i don't know how i feel that's all i can say this is kind of broke my brain after we could be inside all week um Connor, please step in and tell me, like, how are you feeling? Let me cook here for a minute. Honestly, this these first four episodes, this felt like a lot of what we've seen from Vivian Madrano previously on her YouTube channel. Um, You get characters who are complex and flawed and damaged. They're in this uh, version of hell that there's a lot of thought put into how it all works for in regards to who's there and why and who's in power and who isn't their relationship to heaven, which as that, as that pilot showed is pretty messed up. Um, And it's got music and the art form is very distinct in its own. It's, I I thoroughly enjoyed this first four episodes is the, is the pilot, the, the first episode just a little too front loaded with exposition. Yeah. Does it kind of expect you to have already seen the original pilot way back on YouTube? Yes, very much so. But by that second episode, it really pulled me in with the idea that this is really going to work. Um, my only thing is that it's, it's the criticism I've always had with her shows, which is I love all the serious stuff. It's when it gets raunchy and like Kofi, I am by no means a prude, but the raunchy stuff was honestly kind of a distraction from the No, no, wait, go back to the angel stuff. I want to know what's happening there and what happened to Lucifer and where's her mother. All that stuff's interesting. And when it was doing the lighthearted comedy with like Serpentius, where it's like, I can't live without my minions. No one catch me. That I that was the hardest I laughed in the whole show. I laughed so much more at that than I did anything with Angel Dust who is just, I don't even know if I can say the word of what his what his uh, uh, profession is on this show. But when, when it got to the raunchier stuff was when I was kind of like, okay, can we can we fast forward and get back to the better stuff? Uh, also, the songs are good. So if you're, if you're confused about what this is, the best way I can describe it is, what if it was Foster's home for imaginary friends in hell? And there's a Disney princess, and twice an episode we're going to get a musical number. Oh, you're muted, Cove. 
<laughs> I said, sorry about that. I said, Janelle Wheeler, I am so curious how you feel about this. <laughs> well, when I got the slack that we were going to be doing whatever this is, I went, great, freaking animation. <laughs> Golly, they're making me watch all these. An- and then I started it yesterday and I am absolutely hooked. Did any of you watch Owl House by any chance? Like Owl House is like a Disney Plus thing. No, I haven't. No. Okay. So this is like an X-rated Owl House. Um, And hopefully somebody in the audience will recognize what I'm talking about. Um, It is everything I would want. It is super, super like I love the raunchiness. I love the adult content. Um, It's like Harley Quinn's just gone bananas with cursing and content adult content and I just I love it I live for it um I I just found myself just crazy about these characters I'm so curious about the heaven and the angels and I I just I and I got it like Connor I know you probably said like you needed to watch the the original trailer I obviously did not I didn't even know there was an original trailer on YouTube and I'm fine like I I totally understood my favorite honestly was just her telling this backstory of like Adam and Eve and you know Lucifer and all of these things and I'm just I am so pumped about this and i can't like i'm like okay who am i gonna cosplay first because these <laughs> girls have my color hair and <laughs> like i'm just I, I love it yeah i thought about you several times watching the main character i was like the musical i was like you either really gonna love this or really gonna hate this because i, way, I, I kind of like, don't like musicals like i don't Jordan. love animation yeah it's, they nailed it to me I crushed it like i'm i'm a fan for sure yeah, I know. I, I knew you were going to be like, I took that personally either way, but it was a good person. So um, to answer people's questions, if you're not, if you're watching the live show and you're kind of asking questions in the comments to answer you back, the first episode of Has Been Hotel is free on YouTube. So you can go there and check it out. Uh, the rest, the other three episodes are on Amazon Prime Video where the show will be kind of streaming permanently uh, in a full capacity. But the first episode is online on YouTube for free so you can go and check that out as soon as you hear this pretty much and figure it out all right so matt what did you think because you're our animation guy but i'm kind of always curious when we hit this kind of stuff how you really feel (laughs) (laughs) um you know i gotta agree with a lot of things you said i think i'm mixed i don't know like i haven't really formed a concrete opinion yet i will say the i adored the music i actually like the first song like was like knocked out of the park, you know. I actually almost thought uh Ember was gonna run in to the room and go, Oh, are you like watching Frozen? Are you watching like Disney? Cause like it's so well. I was like, No, 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 <laughs> don't listen to that, don't listen to that. Um, it's it's the music's excellent. I, I love the animation style. Uh it actually reminds me a lot of um the for anyone who's played the Disgaea franchise from Atlas, uh, that whole RPG series is actually set in this kind of world hell angels all the mixing the really sarcastic banter all that stuff it's actually in that game franchise and they're like on to game eight or something at this point so like i i love the concept and the premise um i agree with connor though like it sometimes it just it, it tried too hard for me uh and it kind of took me out of what was happening because there's like good stuff in there and good character interactions but like i just 
I'd hit a moment and be like, ah, okay. Like it always, just, it felt like it was like reaching for something. And I'm like, I just, I'm interested in that. Like, let's yeah. just move back over here. So, uh, you know, I don't like, I, other than this show, like if it wasn't for this show, I don't know if I'd stick with it. Um, cause there's just other stuff I want to watch, but I, there's the aspects I love about it and I can see why people dig it. So like I'm mixed, I don't know what my opinion lies quite now, but, uh, we'll see. I'm, I'll probably give it at least another, you know, maybe episode or two when it, when we get those new ones and, and see how I feel. Yeah. It's the same problem. Her spinoff show, hell of a boss runs into a lot where there's just entire minutes just of raunchiness and you're kind of like can we can we keep moving forward but last thing i'll say on it is that i'm just glad this exists because it's an art style that is entirely its own thing where no one's going to look at this and go oh she's just copying off rebecca sugar or jc quinzel or oh it's just it's another netflix it's another netflix animated type show oh it's like into the spider-verse and mutant mayhem where it's all hand-drawn no it's very distinctly its own thing and I'm glad that is being given its own platform. Yeah, I mean, if there's nothing else to say about the show, it is its own thing for sure. Um, and it's pretty wild. And like I said, I'm kind of weirdly engrossed. I feel like it's something I will flip on, maybe not immediately every Friday, but like during my Friday, I'll be like, yeah, why don't we just pop back in the has been real quick and see what this is going on here. So oh, and kind there's of already rabbit the- holes to dive into if you want to know like how hell works and who's in charge of which realm and why it's there, there's already plenty of stuff you can deep dive into without wa- waiting for the next episode. Okay, so, well, there you have the it. Fans watching, we- give that a look. Yeah, that's why you come here. Comic Book Nation, we do it all for geek culture. We inform you. We let you know. We know, let you know how you can waste your time in the best ways. So that's our uh, review of Hasbin Hotel. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we got to talk about that Reacher finale, baby. Plus, we got a segment we're bringing back for you guys that I'm bringing back from one of my old shows because we just kind of needed it. And uh, I was getting asked too many crazy questions about stuff. So I was like, here you go, kids. Then we're going to talk some anime debates, some comics. This is a show where we're going all around the bend. So stay tuned for Comic Book Nation. We'll be right back. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation Season 6 and this latest episode where we have been talking about what's going on with the MCU Daredevil project and we did our review of Has Been Hotel, the new animated series that's now out on YouTube and Prime Video, so check that out there. Now, we gotta talk because uh, we've been big Reacher fans here since that show first premiered. Uh, We've been on top of Reacher Season 2 
and we now have the finale of season two out streaming also on prime video and man this might be one of my i think it is like one of my top new favorite shows just across the board like reacher is just such a solidly good show and talk about again i know this was popping off in comic book slack because i can't i can't just you guys talk too much i can't follow this in written form but you guys were right once i reread it like in the middle of the night you're like yes <laughs> reacher is also like has been it's something you think could be such a derivative copy of so many other things but it's established itself as its own thing it's funny it's witty it's violent there's heartfelt dramatic depth to it the actors and the ensemble that they form together each season has been really, really well done. And two different ensembles and both just really effective and carried by Alan Richardson. And I always forget the name of the actress who plays Neely. I now just call her Neely all the time. But um, yeah, those two at the center are the only centerpieces. And then everything else revolves around them. And we talked about how we liked the first season so much because of how I used the COVID restrictions in the small town to kind of really pull in those limited locations and still made a really effective whodunit. This season had a bigger budget, more scope, more movement around, but still very much enjoyed it. It never felt too big or too spread out. Um, there were some great performances from Dominic Perizzi. Um, I know I just butchered his last name. Sorry, Dom. But uh, and I just really enjoyed this. And Alan Richardson is just so great at being reacher down to those there's like a final like you know it's not a spoiler that reacher is going to go on season three is coming but there's a scene near the end of this finale episode uh with him and neely uh and it's all kind of non-verbal communication where it just again this guy really gets reacher he he really gets what reacher will do what reacher won't do and like where and how that all works and how his mind works and it's just a fascinating character and good congrats to alan richardson i can't i mean I don't know where better this guy could land after Seriously. so many trips down the down the line. So I thought it was a great finale, and finales can so often be so disappointing. But uh, Reacher season two just kind of solidly always does it, and uh, I liked it. But that's just me. How'd you guys feel? Uh, man, this is I, I said it in that Slack long Slack conversation, but uh, this is already competing for my like best show of the year like it's gonna take some good stuff to really like stat i love i I just man there's so much that it improves on from season one which i also adored (laughs) i loved season one and i'm seeing in the comments too like like all in the game like i've seen a lot of people like who prefer the small town kind of you know discovering a mystery along the way that season one did as opposed to this where the the mystery is is rooted centrally in the character and his past but i love both like i actually it's one of those rare things that like season three could take the season one approach and i'd be perfectly fine with it Uh, throw in some elements from season two to make that perfect combination and like it's just it just works like richardson is so good in this character that it doesn't matter what he does (laughs) and what lines he delivers i believe it i totally believe it and I what I do like about the season is that he has a consistent crew. I love that. Like he has that in season one, but like it kind of changes along the way in here pretty much from like episode one. He has some people that are right by his side and they grow, too. And I they just get richer throughout the season. I thought the finale nailed, you know, the action aspects and also setting team things up for a nice 
season three, which I'm very happy that Charlie told me they're already filming. So I, man, I just love this show. I, I'm so glad it's getting its flowers because it really felt like people were buzzing about season one and really liked it when you talked to them about it. But like, there wasn't this overarching, like, Oh my God, you got to watch Reacher. And it feels like season two has kind of hit that critical mass where people are talking about Amazon's promoting it, touting it. Like it feels like it's, you know, finally it's here, right. It's arrived. So I was just glad I'm glad people aren't sleeping on it. Cause it's, it's so good. I cannot wait for season three. Yeah. Um, just to not to interrupt our, our other two hosts, but like, yeah, there's already possibilities breaking down for what, season three will be or just at least the nature of it um some good guesses are the lee child's book tripwire which is reacher on a beach in florida having become like a florida beach bum for a while and that's a fan favorite leading <laughs> possibility because people just want to see alan richardson in a hawaiian shirt you right know, open hawaiian shirt just writes itself beach being, yeah he's yeah. on beach <laughs> just being like yeah beach reacher we don't um, wear hawaiian and... shirts in florida also you got to get ken i've for seen that what because... you guys wore in florida sometimes it's homemade battle armor off. and crazy stuff like that like <laughs> yeah you guys got joker tattoo man let's not yeah let's not get into you what got, everybody does you gotta florida, get right? if if they go to the beach though for season three you gotta get ken because he does beach and no florida yeah. tourists always wear hawaiian shirts in florida oh god <laughs> florida tourists wear as someone who lived there for like a year <laughs> florida tourists are it's insane like what they just wear mickey wear mouse to everything they're like at universal studios wearing like mickey mouse ears and you're on a good day eyes, like what are you doing on a oh, good you're day talking about, you're talking about l the l florida we're, we're talking about i mean there's also t florida that top that goes across oh, that's georgia and, and alabama Honey, we don't we don't consider that Florida. Boy, you went super southern there. <laughs> wow. We don't flow. Whoa, honey. North North Florida is Georgia and Alabama. I cross over. I cross over that border from Alabama into Florida. It's a world, but it is Georgia. <laughs> your state oh, line. My mind. Is, yeah, oh, I don't want to claim all the parts of Pennsylvania. Trust me, but you know, should we what? play it's like the FGL? Baby, it was so. Oh, please stop. No. As producer now, Rich is pointing out, it's like people who come to Nashville in the boots. Yes. And yes. Yeah, like, and we're like, bro. Oh, God. That's not daily life around here. Like, uh, they're the ones that keep those boot shops open. <laughs> yes, really I am all, yeah, yeah. I'm all about Reacher in Florida, especially like if it's a like South Florida vibe, like Miami, that would be really, really awesome to see. Uh, he would definitely stand out in that environment, but I, I am in love with the show too. I totally agree, Matt. To me, it's one of the best of the year. Hopefully we, you know, we're not like, hopefully there's great shows, but right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We had this. Yeah. It's a good problem to have, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then I do agree with all in the game in the chat. I prefer the small town aspect of season one, but season two has done very good numbers on prime video. I agree with you on that. Like I did like season one more, but that doesn't take away from me really liking season two as well. How do you feel about the same person comment that what people wear in Florida is bath salts and meth? <laughs> I mean, it depends on where you are, but yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh boy. All right. No, but Reacher, uh, the other, the other possibility that's also, I think 61 hours is a, is a good one, which is named because Reacher gets stuck in a snowstorm. So 
That'd be interesting. I would I would see Reacher. I mean, I guess I just want to see Reacher Reacher in extreme weather. <laughs> Go everywhere. Yeah. Reacher a tornado. Insert natural like, disaster here and then yeah. right Reacher is there. Reacher <laughs> out there looking at the tornado, like, you know, there's only one way this ends. Like in like, yeah. That'd be great. All right. Anyway, we're going off the end. But uh, Connor, uh, as our wrestling, one of our actual wrestlers. Uh, how did you feel about the finale of Reacher? Um, I'm sure I would love it, but I did not watch it. I don't oh watch my Reacher. God, blasphemy. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, I don't get it. <laughs> Season six hiring policies, revisit. All right, let's go. <laughs> oh, wait. We need wow. you for the wrestling. Wow. I mean, we need you for that wrestling bonus app, so you're, you're still good. We still got you, Connor. Um, oh, come on, Connor. Stop running ads, please. All right, here we go. Moving right along, we are Reacher fans. Let's get into our next segment, which I brought back a long time ago before most of you even knew what the hell a podcast was or decided you wanted one. Me and my buddies at Screen Rant made a podcast called The Screen Rant Underground, and one of our segments was called Rants and Raves because we could never agree on what to talk about sometimes. And so we just said, screw it. Everybody gets your one or two minutes. You can either rant or rave about something you've been watching, playing, reading, whatever in culture. And uh, after Matt this week was asking me about law and order stuff, I was like, look, man, I don't know. So <laughs> here you go. Here's your thing. <laughs> now you get to cook. So we're going to go. Uh, Connor, I don't think. Did you have something on here for your rant or rave? It's one I, or two I minutes. Do. Everybody yeah, gets do. and uh, cook for one or two minutes about something that we may not cover in this show, but you personally you, you want to get off your chest. Yeah, let me let me cook for a minute on this one. Um, so I have been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. Nice. I have been catching up on Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Uh, shout out to Liam Crowley and the great work he's doing on Riptide Radio. Um, the two most successful YouTube videos on my channel are reviews of Invincible Season 1 and Scott Pilgrim takes off. <laughs> now, what all those things have in common is that they are not necessarily remasters. They're not necessarily remakes, even though one of them has it in the title. They're kind of redos. They are take letting the original creator come back to something they made originally and basically get the chance to do it over again. They alter certain aspects about characters, the story, what have you. Basically, they're given the chance to make a second draft. Now, part of me is a little concerned about this. Now, obviously, if you don't want to watch something that isn't a remake, a sequel, a remaster, or a part of some massive IP, you're not going to be watching much of anything, especially this year. But I think of the old saying that art does not, it is not born, it escapes in that if you ask anyone who creates something, whether it's videos, movies, television, art, music, they'll all tell you the same thing, which is if given the opportunity, we will tinker with it forever. We will rewrite, we will reword, we will retool things because we're never quite sure it's perfect. And it's only when an outside force like a deadline or an editor comes along and says, hey, now it's time to stop. Give us what you have. Growing up, we I witnessed the worst of this, which was the Star Wars Ultimate Editions. That was George Lucas coming back to his original trilogy, tinkering with it way too much. It now lives in infamy. 
but I look at all of the properties I just mentioned. I really like Percy Jackson. I like the show. It's much better than the Logan Lerman train wrecks, but I'll also acknowledge that it's changed quite a bit from the books. I like Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's grabbed me a lot more than the original games ever did. I really like Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, even though I love the Edgar Wright movie. But I guess it's a. I have a question for the audience, for you listening at home, for you watching right now. Do you think this is a good thing? Is this a good trend that we have in modern entertainment where we're allowing creators to basically get a redo? It's hard for me to say whether I like it or not, because while it does feel like this is not a pleasant trend, I'm liking what it's created so far. So I'm torn on that one. So this isn't a rant. It's not really a rave. It's more of a question. And it's what do you guys think? You're muted. Muted. <laughs> I think it's the rants of raves, bro. You're asking a really nebulous question about, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I can't recommend or not recommend. Would you recommend all these things to the viewers? I think is what we're kind of asking here. Yeah, get a, I would. a little off the reservation. All right. So there you go. So Connor recommends all these things. Take that question. Think about it. Talk to him on his YouTube channel or add him on Twitter. Janelle, what yeah. are you experiencing and do you like it or is there something you want to kind of yes. come back? I actually have two raves with just a hint of a rant. Um, I finally finished Super Mario RPG for the Switch. Um, it start to finish, 100% at it. Love it. I'm a 100%er. It's very annoying. I don't play it on stream because... It's probably so annoying to people that I'm sitting like leveling up my character <laughs> for hours on end. So um, I really loved it as someone who didn't play it when it was first released. Um, the the re I guess the reboot of it has been spectacular. The quality is gorgeous and um, the storyline is so fun. You can choose a difficulty, which is really nice because if you're someone who doesn't like to sit there and grind, you can just blow right through the story and have a good time with it. So I highly recommend it. If you are taking a road trip, you have some travels um, planned ahead. It's great handheld. Obviously, you can play it with the pro controller on the screen, but I really enjoyed it just like in, in my hands. So love that. And then I finally uh, binged Beef after winning all of these awards. Uh, and it has been so rewarding. It was really not what I expected at all. I actually had no expectation. I had no idea what this was about. Um, I'm not going to spoil it because it's pretty much like it all is aligned. But the fact that Ali Wong and Steven Yen have both won, um, you know, at two different awards has just made my day. I'm really excited about it. The only rant I will give on this with beautiful acting, awesome writing, like great storyline. The last episode is so freaking out of place and weird. I don't understand it. Like they should have. <laughs> and I, I think that they could have ended it. Maybe not should have because they're getting awards, but could have ended it one episode early um, and had like a big pivotal moment happen during that episode. But, <laughs> you know, you just got to watch it. And it is uh, it's definitely like a winter binge. If you're stuck on a snow day, you can definitely watch all those episodes back to back. So loved it. Beef. Beef. Oh, you're muted, Kof. In the mute button. I'm just going to stop using the mute button. That's it. You guys are just going to hear everything that I do. All right. <laughs> Listen, beef is is great and yeah uh, i know we didn't cover it on this show particularly but if you haven't watched that yet it is definitely worth watching for the talent involved in oh man yeah talk about escalation talk about yeah. marrying things together 
there are scenes in that that still haunt my dreams. And I was like, wasn't I laughing like a scene ago? Like what good just show. happened? But, uh, but yeah, good, show. good show, you, good show and a good binge watch too. Like you don't have to binge it all at once, but it's good. Uh, it's a good watch and definitely want to want to second Janelle on that. Um, me, I'm going to keep it real short and sweet. I am going to rant about obliterated the Netflix series obliterated that uh, I forget from the makers of. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good show. Um, I'm going to rant about it because it took me a minute to kind of get through obliterated, but uh, I came back because I just, other things came out. It's Josh Horowitz and uh, Hayden Schlossberg. They did things like Cobra Kai, Harold and Kumar, and, and those kinds of films. And this is an action comedy series. It has a great cast. Nick Zano from uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, Shelley Herring from, uh, what is she from? I forget. She's like from Teen Wolf or something. Anyway, I wasn't with these uh, secret circles. Oh, yeah, Teen Wolf and Ouija and other things. But um, they leave just a great cast. And it's this action comedy about this elite special forces team that completes a mission of stopping a nuclear bomb from, you know, taking out Vegas. And they decide they're going to use the rest of their budget of, to kind of party in for the rest of the night. And so they do party in as in the middle of them getting completely, as the title says, obliterated and a lot of crazy interpersonal things beginning to come out between them. They find out that their bomb was a decoy and there's a real bomb still out there. And the rest of the series is a single night kind of, action comedy about them completely hammered trying to get out there and do their job and of course things go sideways in so many different ways um it's fun the cast is fantastic there's classic little spy twists and turns and things like that and it is so much fun it is such a fun thing and like i said it came out and everybody we did interviews here at comic book came out um november 30th like around thanksgiving so then all that christmas stuff hit we all yeah. got lost we started talking about rebel moon and crap when we really should have been focused on hey, this hey. so i went back and finished <laughs> this and um yeah it, it's one of the better kind of series that i've seen and people have already said c thomas howell is in it uh you know great actor c thomas howell and <laughs> in this one and uh he plays a character who is just incredible named Haggerty, who is this drug doing kind of grizzled old bomb diffuser who's like you know addicted to just the thrill of of getting in front of explosives and there's a whole sub arc of him in this show when he's passed out and what happens to him weekend at bernie style throughout these episodes great show great cast and just highly entertaining easy watch so i highly recommend it the other thing i'll say is i was kind of in the middle on this but i will recommend it is uh self-reliance it's a jake johnson's new movie on hulu which is he enters a reality show game where you have to be with somebody or if you're ever caught alone there are just these groups of hunters sneaking around that are going to try to kill you um and so he has to last 30 days and, and not get killed and so it's about him as this kind of emotionally stunted man child person having to play this game and actually figure out how to make connections with people and stay around people in 30 days. Anna Kendrick's in it. It's a, it's a weird movie. Jake Johnson and them do those dramedy movies really well, especially about like coming of age and maturation and, and, you know, you know, lack of maturation and men and stuff like that. And uh, this is an interesting, funny movie. Cause it, it's, it's a black comedy that as somebody's saying, and it goes pretty far with how far he has to go to kind of make it. But um, self-reliance was uh, pretty good. And there's some other stuff in the comments I saw. Yes, I saw True Detective season four. Uh, True Detective, oh, what that. is it called? Night Country. 
good start. I don't want to get into it too much because it's only been one episode and yeah. it's just kind of character setting in that episode. So we'll be talking about True Detective Night Country uh, as things develop. But, uh, you know, I want to recommend Obliterated and I want to recommend Self-Reliance if you're looking for stuff this weekend. Matt, how about you? Cook, because this uh, whole thing is really for you, buddy. <laughs> so, OK, so I was very excited last night. I missed a lot of like big wrestling news because I was in Law and Order land, uh, because after a long time away, uh, it was the season premiere of all three Law and Order shows, Law and Order, the flagship uh, SVU and then Organized Crime. So uh, I was immersed for like three hours and it was magnificent. It was a magnificent three hours. I'm, I'm raving about this because I'm so happy. Uh, because each of them really have their own kind of ecosystems, even though they cross over. So they they stand out as individual shows. Reed Scott made his debut uh, joining the flagship show uh, alongside McCobb Brooks as that new detective duo after Jeffrey Donovan left uh, after last season. And he's fantastic so far. It's only one episode, obviously, but they already have great chemistry. Uh, and I just really enjoyed what he brought to the show, uh, which is probably my least favorite of the three. Uh, SVU. All the warm and fuzzies because Amanda Rollins came back and we got to see the baby and and then it also just like it just it just hits you in the gut because it's also a very powerful story about, you know, that involves someone being abducted and you're just you're you're heartbroken and it does one of those classic law and order endings that is ambiguous and you don't. It, not everything's wrapped up. So uh, that's that was, a, you know, hard to watch in, in some parts. And then organized crime is just thrilling from like beginning to end like stabler undercover is just magic uh there is a um there was a huge heartbreaking moment at the end of last season uh that involved the death of, of one of the members of the team and they deal with that that has a huge effect on the season premiere and there's stuff going on with stabler's mom who's like struggling with dementia and so that's like hard to watch at times and all of that is woven in like a classic procedural thing right but organized crime has a kind of different angle on it so i just man i between all three i was so happy it's just it's just one of those things like it wasn't the big crossover episode like it was last year but awesome i, I can't recommend all three now uh, organized crime is SVU is still my favorite all time. Organized crimes right there. Uh, and then the flagship. So I was very happy about that. I get to talk about it. I'm excited. Also, just a quick mention, uh, Disney Lorcana, we've talked about it on the show before. Um, but it's one of those things when you have a chance to, uh, I remember I regaled everyone with uh, a story of over the holidays where I was teaching family games, right? Uh, and so you never know. It's always unpredictable. I taught my mom Lorcana while she was in town. Uh, because she was like, oh, Disney. And like, oh, that's cool, right? And so I, ta I taught her this game in 15 minutes. And by the end, she now has her own deck. <laughs> she is now buying cards for the game. It's amazing. You just love to see it, right? So, uh, and then like, you know, Anissa picked up some packs for me, right? Like, it's just, it's awesome. Whole family's involved. I am very excited that uh, Lorcana is grabbing hold and also that people can find packs, which is awesome. So shout out to that. I am very excited. All in all, great couple of days. Awesome. This was all positive, man. Look at that. Positive. Except Connor has an existential question, which is tearing me up inside, but we'll come back to that later. <laughs> Let's talk about the comic. We just want a quick mention because we have a whole end segment to get to, but right. um, I just want to shout out Wonder Woman, Tom King's Wonder Woman. Uh, another issue, we pulled it from the pull list, but this issue was one that Tom King came on here and talked to us about. Go back and yes. watch that interview. Great interview. Um, but Wonder Woman number five is a kind of just, it's really a more still issue. It's a setup issue 
for a battle that's coming. And it's Wonder Woman having some time with the Wonder Girls. And man, each of the Wonder Girls gets to shine <laughs> in this. Donna Troy, Cassie, yes. um, and our girl on this show, Yara. Like everybody's in it. And I love what Tom King is doing with Wonder Woman and seeing how this issue brought in the Wonder Girls and gave a kind of counter army to right. the bad guys uh, was fascinating. And again, just shows me that King is really cooking in Wonder Woman's world, understands, loves this world. And I, I'm just really enjoying this series. That's all I got to say. I want to give because uh, I really want to know Janelle's thoughts because I've been very excited uh, for her to read this. But I'll say like my favorite last page in like so many weeks of great comics, but like my favorite last page, that whole sequence of Yara just saying, just saying stuff of like F this, F that. I was so, I was like pinpoint. It was perfect. King just gets them. And I'm so excited that he really devoted so much time. And also in the comments, like having Grail, Cersei, like uh, Swan, like all those characters from previous arcs that, like it was awesome to see them all brought back in, and he he did a really good job of giving you an indication of like who they were for people who maybe weren't you know around for for those introductions. Janelle, what did you think of this? Because I'm very excited to hear what you think. Uh, Yara's so mean about age. <laughs> <laughs> like she is so aggressive, calling her like an old fool, an old lady, just over and over and over. And I'm like. The disrespect, like it's not necessary. <laughs> She's a young Brazilian superhero, man. She's got different outlooks. It kind of made me not like her. Shout out, no, careful. Shout out to our Brazilian audience. You guys have been holding us down lately. Uh, we love Yara. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I'm kind, of, I'm, I'm kind of mad at Yara. I just feel like she's really disrespectful. But other than that, um, it was just really it was very well done. Um, and you're right. It is great to see each of these gals kind of have their spotlight and their shine. I just feel like if you're going to talk that much junk, you better be able to back it up. And you knew she wasn't going to be able to back it up. So <laughs> I, I'm curious, do you because we obviously we all love Yara on the show. But yeah, uh, of the three, because I thought this was a great introduction for people who don't know Cassie, who don't know Donna. I thought this actually did a good job of giving you some details on like who they are. Do you have a new favorite coming out of that? Like who's your favorite of the Wonder Woman family of just those four? Oh, dude, that's really hard. Um, well, if you can't think of it now, we can do it on Twitter. Like You can reveal can, it later. We can come back. Yeah, I can. I can answer for myself because this issue, I've always been kind of a Donna Troy hater. I feel like she's the weird middle, no. like. Too much like Wonder Woman, not enough difference. Like Cassie's different um, as Wonder Girl. Yara's definitely different. So I've always not liked Donna Troy, but this issue made me realize how much history Donna Troy's had, how much she's kind of woven into the DC universe. And in and, and, and the fun ways, like her Titan stuff is, right. is the fun stuff. And I got that through the show too, but like, yeah, her, her Titans time, I mean, she was the Wonder Girl of that era. So... You know, she she has our history and then I came out with new respect for her for for trying to throw down at some gaming. Yeah. Some Birdman. Put some respect on the name. I think right. I think I like Cassie. I think I like Cassie because I really related to like her chatter about like princess stuff because right. I was I was less into the princessy stuff. And I just kind of related on that level, like, you know, the girly girl, you know, go out, play in the mud and stuff like that. So, yeah, Love it. I. I'm, but also, like, I feel like I got to know Yara the most leading mm -hmm. up to this. So it is nice to um, get a better handle on the other two as well. Awesome. Yeah. Well, All right, so well said. 
I think, uh, Connor, do you have any, are you reading Wonder Woman? I don't think you read it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to leave you out if you did. I just, I no, didn't no, think no, you read it. I haven't read it. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, it's all, good. all right. So that was just a quick shout out we wanted to do. Go check out the poll list. We got other big comics that we talked about this week. It's all blurring together in my head. We did Cobra Commander, which was good, and the new Avengers timeline that's being explored in uh, Avengers Twilight with our one of our favorite writers, Chip Zdarsky. So go check out the poll list this week. All right. Let's bring in our special guest because we rarely do it on here, but we're going to start doing it more. Uh, I'm bringing in one of our comic book anime correspondence uh mr evan valentine uh we got him in the background is he here is he here evan we have him? Valentine. Oh, oh he's not here yet oh great so we don't have evan yet but uh we're gonna get evan on here while we kind of set up what we're gonna be talking about here so this week in on the anime side we got this kind of big rumbling on the internet about something that was coming our way in the dragon ball super universe which was we were going to be getting a setup for a match that fans have been geeking out about for quite some time. So if you're not a Dragon Ball fan, I'm sorry you can kind of drop off right now because we're about to get into this. But for all my anime fans, uh, yeah, hang on. We're going to get into it because this is going to be a big event in Dragon Ball-ness, and we kind of want to talk about it. So... When we get our uh, correspondent on here in a minute, while I continue to stall for time, we are going to talk some Dragon Ball. But that'll be the end of our regular show. So if you guys are just kind of on here for the other stuff, this is Comic Book Nation. Make sure you subscribe. And we are on your favorite podcast platforms and on our YouTube page. For everybody who's still hanging out, we have him here now. Welcome to the show. Mr. Evan Valentine is back. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here for what will surely be one of the greatest discussions of 2024. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> damn, yeah, that's right. So, Build so, it up. <laughs> it's so long coming, right? Like so long coming. So without further ado, what we're talking about today is Dragon Ball Super, the uh, Dragon Ball series that is currently the main canon series. Uh, no anime right now, but it's been going on in manga for some time. But we've had a kind of long hiatus because Dragon Ball decided to veer into this retelling of the Super Dragon Ball Super superhero movie. A milestone for this show because me and Matt went out to an anime movie together. Me and we went on a boy's date to the anime movie and it was Matt's first and time. And fell asleep. So I did fall asleep at one point, but not because Dragon Ball Super Superhero isn't dope. It was just a time in my life where going out to late night screenings was hard. Uh, yeah, so I was doing a lot and I fell asleep. But um, you didn't have to share that part. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> nice callback. But um, yeah, we are now for the first time really getting our official setup for a match in canon verse of goku the hero of dragon ball versus his son gohan now if you're not an anime nerd like a lot of us up here uh me evan connor casey over there quietly nonchalantly also murking out about this is we are gohan has in dragon ball z the the thing that really broke this franchise open as a worldwide hit that whole series was largely about building up gohan as the successor to goku the you know the saiyan half saiyan who would rise to power surpass his father and become the most powerful of them all we then got to dragon ball super which takes place within the span of dragon ball z but not before the final ending of that series and for all the years of dragon ball super gohan's been gone like for the most part 
he's shown up here and there in like uh the you know the um the black the black this uh black goku black saga and like flashbacks of his alternate future self we've had like loose gohan the anime did something different at least and it made it exciting that when gohan joined the universe 17 for the universal survival bout they had an episode where he sparred with his dad goku to see where his powers were at compared to goku who had been jumping through like super saiyan to super saiyan blue red to super saiyan blue and had largely left gohan behind that's the last time we've seen these two come together now just like comic books in anime a lot of lunch to room discussions are had about goku as a father or lack thereof and there's a great joke in the latest chapter of dragon ball super about that um, and also who could truly be the strongest based on everything that's happened here, Goku or Gohan. Along comes Dragon Ball Super Chapter 101, which is this kind of weird epilogue between the end of the superhero movie and the beginning of this next chapter. For anybody who didn't see the movie, Gohan jumped power levels in that movie to a new form called Beast. Dragon Ball, really getting intricate with these power-ups and their names. <laughs> But it's just called Beast. And it's, but the question, as always, is when Dragon Ball does this, how does this fit into the power hierarchy? Goku and Vegeta have been spazzing through different levels of power. You know, Goku or Go, Vegeta went his own route. He does ultra, what's it called? Ultra. Ultra ego. Oh ultra ego. Ultra ego, yes. Goku has been learning the heavenly technique of ultra instinct and the various masteries of that. So, how does this all stack up against Gohan and Beast? Well, chapter 101 gave us the ultimate cliffhanger as Goku comes to find out. Gohan goes beast, Goku appears, and it looks like we might get a sparring between father and son. Who you guys got? That's the basic premise of this whole segment. <laughs> Who you got? Evan, you're the guest. We brought you on and dragged you out of bed for this. So what do you think about this? Do you think Dragon Ball is going to deliver on this? Are we going to get faked out on this? And who do you think should emerge as the most powerful from this little, you know, what's going to be a probably either a friendly sparring session or Goku trying to rein in Gohan either way. Ooh, loaded, loaded questions. I think that um, to start for me personally, who I would be pulling for is I'm a big Gohan guy, uh, especially when it comes to Gohan versus his dad, Goku. I think at the end of the day, if I were to really have to say who my favorite Dragon Ball character was, it would probably be a tie between Vegeta and Piccolo. I love them both. Don't make me choose. Um, <laughs> if if when it came down to who I think would win in this fight, um, I think that when it comes to straight up strength, I think that more often than not, what we've seen uh, during the superhero movie and the a couple of nods in this latest chapter, I think that Gohan's beast form is maybe a little bit stronger than Goku's ultra instinct. But with that being said, I think that Goku's mastery of this form, as well as his martial arts skill, as well as what Ultra Instinct is at its core, I think that Ultra Instinct is kind of, it, it's kind of a perfection of fighting in general. I think that one of the things that Ultra Instinct is known for is the idea that you're subconsciously, when you're fighting against your opponent, your body is kind of taking control um, 
without you realizing what you're even doing. So I think that if Goku and Gohan are to fight each other again um, in the coming chapters, I think that Goku's going to kind of have an edge um, when it comes to the fight between the father and son. Uh, with all that being said, I'm really pulling for Gohan. I really do want him to win this, but if I had to put money down on it, I'd probably go Goku. I'd probably lean a little more towards the countless versions of Ultra Instinct that uh, Goku has learned since the Tournament of Power. I think he's on, uh, might be at a baker's dozen at this point, if you've been following the manga. Um, there's so many. But yeah, uh, when all is said and done, when the smoke clears, I'd probably give it to Goku. Ooh, okay. Ooh, the Gohan, the Gohan hive is now getting riled up. Connor, <laughs> I we rarely hear to get we rarely get to hear you cook about Dragon Ball. What do you think about this matchup? So it's probably going to go to Goku, not just because it's it's called Dragon Ball and in the end, Goku always wins. It's because how these two power-ups are being presented. Beast Gohan is very nebulous in what it actually is. The movie kind of explains it. The manga also tried to explain it a little bit. I still feel like the jury's out on just how strong he is with it and how it affects him during a fight. Um, I do like how in this new this new chapter, he's able to turn it on right away. It doesn't need to be a long power-up process. There's no great mystery behind it. He can just do it. That being said, they keep tinkering with Goku's Ultra Instinct thing to the point where in the last saga, they flat out said, yeah, I'm not going to do the, the, the silver white hair thing anymore like I did against Jiren. I, I don't, it doesn't work for me. The halfway version where his hair is still black is actually kind of his preference. So all the artwork of the, the father and son, white hair versus white hair, it's actually a misnomer because it's not what Goku actually wants to do. And I see Evan shaking his head because he's with me on this. <laughs> I think Goku gets the win nominally. And I think if anything comes from it, it's that Gohan hasn't quite figured out what this is and how he can use it properly. Uh, I will just say this. Um, the big complaint with Super amongst its earlier chapters was that it was the Goku and Vegeta show and everybody was kind of in the background. I think Superhero went a long way into making the rest of the cast feel relevant. You gave uh, Piccolo that orange boost. You gave Gohan this new technique. More characters are becoming more prevalent in the story where it's not just, wow, the power gap is massive between the big two and everybody else. Um, but as for this fight, Goku gets the win. Oof. Okay. All right. We got two Gokus. Oh man, I feel like at the beginning of the last Eagles game. Oh boy, I and mean, we all know how that turned out. Though. <laughs> so I think I, I I don't ever trust Dragon Ball to do anything solid. That's me. I never trust Dragon Ball to do anything solid. So I think it's going to be a kind of cop out draw, but with conditions. I think Ultra Instinct allows Goku to, like you said, he it's this kind of mind state thing where you're supposed to be serene and kind of calm and it's that old zen kind of martial arts mentality that in the midst of great stress like the calmness is the antithesis is like the greatest power to you know accessing the greatest fighting forms so i think that'll play a role its own role in teaching kind of goku more about that i think gohan's beast mode and and what makes gohan better is the sudden unpredictable surges that come from this kid where you don't know these moments, like when he 
flips out against Cell originally and become go Super Saiyan two, that's a jump that like nobody saw coming. Like that this kid was going to make. Same thing with Beast against Cell Max. It was an echo. So every time Goku Gohan awakens some kind of power or something, it's this unpredictable surge. We it's there's always this indication that there's this huge well inside of him that he can tap into, and I think that's what's going to be the interesting thing about this matchup because Gohan isn't Broly. So he's not totally out of control, but there's something in this latest issue that suggests that beast mode is kind of this more Hulk like thing because everybody's like, Whoa, he just flipped out in an instant and he's more aggressive and he went beast. So he is kind of edging into that Broly territory, but with that like reserve of power and being able to just do crazy things because he just simply has the power. Goku will have the control but like Mike Tyson said, you know, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face until <laughs> it will be interesting to see like what how Goku can maintain Ultra Instinct when something as unrelenting as Gohan and Beast Mode is knocking the living crap out of him through mountains continuously. And if he can maintain that or if he's like going to flip out and lose that thing and start going like Super Saiyan 3 or something else that uses that aggression. You know what I mean? So I think it'll be that'll be the stalemate it'll be like goku can control him but in heart and, and restrain him but barely and like mm -hmm. gohan is you know if they kept going if it was a real fight it would be one of those things that this is a real fight i'm not sure i could have followed you you know one of those things i think that'll be the indication that goku still has that daddy control now but the sun is definitely boiling over with stuff that will one day kind of outpace him which is pretty much fatherhood in a nutshell i can tell you that right about now <laughs> um yeah, and, and I think as as uh, Addy Addo Addy Addo was saying in the uh, Twitch comments here, I think also, you know, in Dragon Ball, you also gotta keep an eye on the time, right? Because these people can't keep that pep up forever. So it's gonna be who runs out of pep first. And I feel like you guys are right in the sense that Goku's been through the trial and error with Ultra Instinct, you know, kicking out on him at the worst moments, and he's learned how to harness that. Where Gohan is just still all emotion he got into this beast mode because felt like someone's coming at his kids he went into daddy bear mode and you know you never know how long that's going to last if we can pull back for the last part of this segment and let me ask you guys because this is i mean this is like the most exciting talking point like let's be honest this has been the most exciting talking point we've had in the dragon ball super series in like a year because yes. we've been slogging yeah. back through that superhero retelling which didn't necessarily need to happen i get they expanded a lot of things but do you guys feel like we're at a good PowerPoint in Dragon Ball right now where there's like interesting enough powers balanced out enough? Or do you think it's still kind of a massive hurdle with this series getting all of this kind of no pun intended leveled out? Uh, I'll, I'll start um, by saying that one of the things that I really love about Dragon Ball Super right now, and it has its faults. I think that nobody's gonna really dispute that at this point. I think that like when you compare it to Dragon Ball Z, it doesn't hit the same heights. I think that it still follows a lot in the footsteps of that original series. Like even Gohan becoming Gohan Beast was kind of a reflection of him becoming Super Saiyan 2 when he was fighting against the original Cell, things like that. Um, there are aspects of this current arc that I am super excited for, most predominantly, I love the decision to bring Frieza back. I've been a huge proponent of it. He was the best part of the Tournament of Power. 
uh backstabbing people was such a good aspect of that he's an amazing character to have there and the idea that he is the new strongest being in the universe is a very interesting hook and i really really hope that they dive into that that's one of the things that i'm really looking forward to and kind of like um as you know connor and kofi as you kind of said and alluded to the idea of um being able to give Gohan and Piccolo these new transformations is such a breath of fresh air. I know that re retreading the superhero movie in the manga was, yeah, it, it kind of felt like, you know, can we just get to new stuff? And maybe like the superhero stuff with Goten and Trunks wasn't like the stuff that people were looking for. Um, I think that with this new arc where they are potentially going, in the future uh, is is really exciting to me. I don't know what's coming next. We don't we don't necessarily know as Dragon Ball fans what is going to happen next, and I think that that's kind of refreshing. Me personally, I'm hoping that we get another big tournament where we are able to see maybe Frieza at the top of it, and we kind of see where it goes from there. Um, I'm excited for what they're doing now. Uh, while I do think that some of the power level stuff is at a certain point, it's just like okay, they can destroy universes by sneezing at this point. Um, but I, I'm excited to see where they go with it. Um, and I'm looking forward to see what they do in the, in the near future. All yeah, right. Think, uh, oh, sorry, Connor, go ahead. Well, I, just, I think that the whole Black Frieza thing is interesting. It's what you do with him that's really going to determine whether or not this matters or not. If it's just, hey, I'm stronger, uh, Broly, Vegeta, and Goku, come at me and that's it, well, then it's just the Moro arc again, and then we're yep. not as intrigued. What I would love is for them to start diving back into the other universes that were introduced in the Tournament of Power and the angels and that hierarchy that was very clearly in there. I think I remember there was there was reference of a universe that was had already been destroyed that were all just kind of like, wait, what happened there? Why aren't they here? What's, the, what's happening? I would honestly... I would love for Frieza and our main cast to be dropped back into universe six and fig and have a big conflict there. Cause there were so many characters introduced in that specific realm that I went, man, I just want an arc with hit just yeah. super powered hit man. <laughs> bring it on the, the smaller version of the Saiyans. That sounds like fun. Shake up the formula a little bit because the other big complaint is, Hey, we're just kind of going through the motions. We can't really escape the shadow of DBZ that would be something different by placing them in an entirely new environment. Yeah, I think we're long overdue. I think a lot of that universal, that tournament of power arc was the freshest thing we got from Dragon Ball in years. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'd be disappointed too if Frieza was there. Frieza knows all this stuff about alternate universes and, and conquering more than just one now, right? So and I think Frieza during the tournament of power kind of alluded to wanting to be able to do things like conquer more than one universe. So I'd be disappointed if we didn't go there and we just went back to a standard Dragon Ball fight. At the same time, I don't think we've ever had a Gohan versus Frieza serious fight, have we? In this series. Mostly like just one Frieza on one? toying with him back on Namek. When he was a boy yeah. on, on yeah. planet Namek, that's it, right? Like, yeah. that counts. So I think I want to see Gohan throw down with Frieza. That's at least one novelty I would love to see. He does one shot him in one of the movies, but that yeah. that doesn't count, unfortunately. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. So I want to see a Gohan versus Frieza battle because we haven't seen that in a while. But yeah, other universes, there's so much that they did with the Tournament of Power that I feel like we haven't been 
getting back to and that is is so rich so yeah man i'm with you guys chapter 102 of dragon ball super is going to be a hell of a thing i think and i think we'll be back to kind of see where the dust settles and see where all of our little predictions landed but uh yeah this has been fun kind of nerding out with you guys about some dragon ball do you guys have any party thoughts before we get out of here uh connor you uh dime i'm still nervous about dima but we haven't heard anything more about it and evan knows that <laughs> um oh, yeah that's right oh man <laughs> i feel i feel i feel confident that dima will at least give us some good animation i mean like <laughs> at the end of the day there is some cool stuff that we saw in the trailers um yeah i'm 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 um optimistic about dragon ball super's future i'm looking forward to see what they do with all the new pieces that they've put on the board um and yeah all right yeah dragon ball diamonds is such a like dragon ball is it dragon ball diamond or dragon ball super diamond i forget what it's was it dragon Dra- just dragon ball diamond yeah, that's such a different, oh my God, topic of discussion. But we do have an excellent trailer breakdown for that. So go into our Comic Book Nation YouTube page and check that out. My earphones are out of power, so that is a great time to end this show. This has been Comic Book Nation, season six. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, all that stuff. Subscribe to the Comic Book Nation YouTube page and the comic book YouTube page. Both are excellent. Both feature our content, and the content's only getting more extensive and better with our, as you can see, oh, this way, talented panels of hosts everywhere. We're Comic Book Nation. We'll see you guys out there, hopefully in a thought-out world next week. We'll see you guys. Peace. Later.